0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Wow, it's so many topics on this list. Oh, my God. But let's just start off with the NBA play-in since that happened last night. Listen, Ice Trey the game. Another 25, 8, and 7. No big deal. No big deal. In another big stage, world watching, he killed it again. 8 for 18 isn't bad. 1 for 8 from 3 is a head scratcher, but it is what it is. The main reason why they won this game, everyone on the bench scored double digits. What? They killed it especially Sadiq Bay, 7 for 17, okay, 3 for 9 from 3, that, that's not horrible, but he comes off the bench, give you instant buckets. I mean, that's why I was so high on him when I saw him during All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. This is why when I saw the Hawks play against the Wizards back in March and he came off the bench and scored the quickest 15 points I've ever seen, I was like, this guy is legit. That was a great pickup. It's going to pay off for them in the long run. And it paid off for them against the Heat. Jalen Johnson from Duke, the guy, I forgot about him. He He's the kid that left Duke early. Like, I think midseason. He, he left Duke kind of early. This guy came off the bench, gave you 10 and 7. Clint Capella. 21 rebounds, four points. That is a Dennis Rodman type of stat line. I mean, DeJounte Murray, 18.6. Of course, that's what he does. I mean, come on. It seemed like everyone killed it but DeAndre Hunter, but even DeAndre Hunter was plus five. I I love it, man. I mean, big old Okonwu. Uh, Remember he used to play with the Ball Brothers in Chino Hills? He had four blocks. Man, that was a total team effort. And that was probably the difference of why they were able to beat the Heat this time compared to last year. They killed them. If it wasn't for Kyle Lowry, son, they had a 24-point lead, which kind of annoys me that they had a 24-point lead. And they let the heat cut it to four. It was a six, I think six. They never got, they never got lower than six. Frustrating, but they held them off. Total team effort. If they can play like this, and that's the problem, they're forty-one and forty-one, and have been pretty much five hundred for most of the season. If they can keep playing like this, this Boston series is going seven if they can play like this. And I hope it does because I'll be entertained. Trey Young is the perfect quote-unquote villain to go into Boston and handle business. I cannot wait on paper. It looks like the Hawks are going to lose for sure, but I hope not. I would love to see Trey advance and go against, I'm going to assume, the Sixers, but it could be Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn has a solid team. They're, they're capable, but I think, you know, the Sixers just too talented, too much Maxi, too much MB, too much Harden. It's going to be very tough for the Nets to win that. And then Trey Young in Philly again? Remember what happened last time? That was sick last time. But that's wishful thinking. Um, Boston Celtics are a clear title contender. I, I don't. It's gonna be very hard for the Hawks to win this series. Period. But I'm looking forward to at least game one Saturday or Sunday. For sure. I mean, I love it. Ice Trey the gang. Now, when it comes to the heat. Being at home again and having to play the Raptors or the Bulls, I don't know. They should win, but I'm not sure. I would love to see them match up. I'd rather see them match up with the Bucks than the Bulls or the Raptors because I feel like the Raptors will lose in five, and I feel like the Bulls will lose in four. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, the other playing game, the Lakers and the Timberwolves, that's all anyone's going to talk about because it's the Lakers, it's LeBron, it's LA. The Lakers looked like they were for sure going to lose for three quarters. They couldn't stop anybody. The Timberwolves did whatever they wanted. The Lakers had no help outside of LeBron and AD. And LeBron, of course. Another, another, you know, almost triple-double. He had 30 points. He had 30 points. Um, pulling up now. He had 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Anthony Davis had 24 points, 15 rebounds, 3 blocks. Oh, my God. Two steals. Good Lord. Um, He killed it. But then in the fourth quarter, they just turned it up. They turned it up to another level defensively. And you know, it it seemed like it was impossible for the Timberwolves to get a non contested mid range jumper or a layup. And then when they got over for three, they were bricking. And this happened this happened for most of the fourth quarter and into overtime. And the crazy thing about the fourth quarter and overtime is In the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves did not score. The only reason it went to overtime is because Anthony Davis stepped on Mike Conley's foot. What? He didn't even have to. Listen, the way Mike Conley was basically – on the corner of the court, at the intersection of the baseline and the sideline, basically taking a tough angle three, he didn't really load up all the way to shoot. You didn't have to really contest that. He wasn't making that. And just the threat of Anthony Davis running at him, there was no way he was making that. But... Anthony Davis, full off, full out, contested that anyway, and he stepped on his foot. Foul. He almost missed the first free throw, Mike Conley, and then he made the the next two easily. And, and um, after that, Anthony Davis, no, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards had a dunk, and that's pretty much all they did. From, like, four minutes left in the game in regulation and overtime. Lakers dominated at the end. Timberwolves couldn't hit a shot. That's crazy. And shout out to Dennis Schroeder. You know, he missed the open three that would have gave them the lead in overtime. But he came back. But he came back and hit a big one towards the end of the game. And I'm like, this guy. And then in overtime, he was scoring, too. He was huge. They needed him to step up, and he stepped up. He killed it. He had 21 off the bench. See, the role players stepping up in both of these games. Rui Hachimura hit some big shots. Man, I miss him in D.C. Plus 20? Plus or minus plus 20? Jesus. Jesus. Man, I miss him. I'm gonna miss him. You know, I didn't really appreciate him much in uh, in DC. I guess a lot of us Wizards fans didn't. Now he's in LA, thriving, and we're on the sideline and on the couch, dying, worrying about, I guess, what what's next. But I'm about to get to the Wizards very soon. A uh, good win for the Lakers. They got to play Memphis next and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. The Memphis, Memphis has a better overall team. But they don't have LeBron and AD and that's what's going to make this series interesting. I still think Memphis is going to win just because of a better overall team. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers upset them and go on to the next round. Against man, I assume it's not Phoenix. The Kings, the Kings or the Warriors. Now I don't think they could be either of those teams, but we'll see. I could be wrong. We'll see. I don't think the Lakers getting out of the first round, but it wouldn't be that surprising if they did, because I don't think Memphis can stop LeBron or AD. It's just. Can people like Austin Reeves and Schroeder step up against Memphis supporting cast? It seemed like they got endless supporting cast members. Jared Jackson, Dylan Brooks, um, Dama. I don't know how, many, how much he plays, but but yeah. Like, guys like that. I mean like Desmond Bain. Like, it's just there's so many people. There's so many different people you gotta worry about when it comes to Memphis. We'll see. I, I can't wait till the regular playoffs start. The play-in has been a nice appetizer so far, and we're just getting started. So it- it's been fun. Ice trade game and good win for the for the Lakers. But now I gotta talk about the Wizards. Try. On the couch. And you know what? Just like the Mavericks, the Mavericks and the Wizards, <laughs> similar records, same result. That's And that is why both of our games were close. I think the Wizards beat them twice. I, I don't understand how the Mavericks lose to the Wizards and the Magic <laughs> twice. <laughs> I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Now, the Mavericks didn't have Kyrie against the Wizards, and the Wizards never been able to stop Kyrie. So I don't know if we would have beat them that second time if they had Kyrie. But they didn't. They lost. And then uh, they lost to the Magic. Uh, The Magic, in the end of the season, was low-key one of the hottest teams in basketball, so I understand. They caught the Wizards in the standings, and I'm just like, how? (laughs) How? I guess they played that well at the end of the season to where, you know, they, they were winning these games. I'm I'm looking at it. Oh, never mind. Uh, the Wizards finished ahead of the Magic by a game, and they tied with the Pacers. Still, we were several games ahead of these guys. I mean, come on. The Wizards, 3-7 in their last 10 games. So they blew out Boston, caught Boston by surprise, and then they took all their anger out on Milwaukee. That's that's crazy. Um they beat the Pistons and they beat they beat somebody else. I don't know. All I know is we went out like chumps. Every you know, every important game we had down the stretch with the big three playing, we lost. And the fan base has turned on Bradley Bill. Now, some people, to be fair, some people, when the moment Bill got the contract, they disagreed with it. So at least some of these guys are consistent. At least some of these guys are consistent. Me, I was on the fence about it, but ultimately I thought Bradley Bill deserved it and he earned that contract. So I was on the side of that. It's just the problem is he misses a quarter of the season almost every year. And we haven't done any better than fighting for a playing spot. And we didn't make it again. Last year we was in 11th. This year we was in 12th. I had high expectations going into this year. That's crazy. Now, I did go to the Wizards and Rockets last game of the season. It wasn't. As well attended as I thought. It was a pretty, you know, mid-Wizards crowd. All the other games I've been to, there were more people there. But it was a it, it was an okay crowd. Like, it wasn't crazy empty. But anyway, this was pretty much the Capital City Go-Go Plus versus the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets play a lot of young players. Jalen Green. Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher killed us. Uh, Sing gun who was on my fantasy team in Yahoo. You know, the Yahoo team that I paid $40 in to buy in. I paid $40 to buy in, and I didn't even come close to making the playoffs. What? Game over. Terrible. But that's another topic for another day. But back to this. Back to this game, though. It was good. The Wizards came out firing. I'm like, okay, we're starting Jordan Goodwin, Corey Kispert, Johnny Davis. None of our starting vibe is playing. Denny Avia isn't even playing. The lineup we put up there, out there, I swear to God, they all started the season on the G League, except Kisper. I swear to God. Like, even in February, if you look at my episode that covered the G League game I went to, bruh, Johnny Davis played in that game. Quentin Jackson played in that game. Oh, he was spectacular against the Rockets, by the way. Um, And the the guy number 12, I I forget his name, but they all played in the G League game. (laughs) Oh, and Isaiah Todd. But Isaiah Todd wasn't in the G League game in February, but he started the season in the G League. At one point, our whole lineup on the floor was Capital City go-go players. (laughs) And... They pretty much had a double-digit lead on the Rockets for half of this game. And then the fourth quarter happened, and they just let it slip away. Josh Christopher, Jalen Green, they they just got busy. There's nothing you could do. Jabari Smith did okay. Sin Gun pretty much did what he normally does. I mean, Kenyon Martin Jr. did all right. It's just that I thought we had them. Kispert and Goodwin looked like they couldn't miss in the first half. But at the end of the day, these guys disappeared in the fourth quarter. It kind of it was a preview of the Lakers and Timberwolves game, to be honest. <laughs> but I left once the Rockets went up eight with like a minute and a half to go. I was like, yeah, we're, we're not coming back. We're not coming back. And that's how the season ends. Just once it seemed like we were out of it, we shut down all our best players. Now, I don't know if Kuzma and Porzingis is coming back. I heard Porzingis was in negotiations and Kuzma's a free agent. So I'm like, are we going to bring these guys back from what I'm hearing? That is the plan. Most of the Wizards fans don't agree with it and believe we should just tank and rebuild. And we should have started with this draft and get one of these guys, Victor Wamiana and Scoot Henderson. Felt like we should get one of those guys, or even a Brandon Miller or the Thompson twin. We still might get one of those guys. But they're pretty much going to be a role player on this team While we bring back the big three. But here's the thing, though. We did worse this year than we did last year. And these guys had a full year to play together. But what I've noticed is we don't play defense, we're not consistent on offense, and these guys can't stay healthy. That is a problem. I'm going to give it, let's give it one more year. Let's give it one more year. If that's the plan, if we might as well do that. If we're not going to rebuild or tank, then okay, bring back the big three. Let's give it another shot. Let's see if we can get into the top six, and let's see what we could do in the playoffs. Because we got the tools, still don't have the defense, but we got the tools. Maybe we add an extra piece in the offseason, an extra piece or two of the offseason. Maybe we draft the right player or two. If we're going to bring back the 3 let's give it another shot and let's see how it goes. But if it don't work next year, we got to blow this thing up. Because we can't keep being in 10th through 12th place with this crew. It It's just, it just can't happen. Like, it's mediocrity. It's less than mediocrity. It's just hell. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, man. I mean they they did for the Arenas era, they did for the Wall era. The Wall era is almost over. But once they get rid of Bradley Bill, it's a new it's a new era. But I don't know when they're going to do that. I don't know, man. The Wizards trash. Well, we'll see. Okay. Quick NBA playoffs prediction. Quick, very quick, since it's all set now. Okay, real quick. Bucks in, I assume the heat. It don't matter who comes out of that. Either Bucks in five or Bucks in four. Hawks and Celtics, Ice Trader gang, it's going seven. It's It's going seven. It's going seven. I think Boston will be too much at home in Game 7, and it's okay. It's just going to fuel the Hawks in the offseason, and they'll be much better next year. Look out. And this is the East. Let's see, Sixers and Nets. I got the Sixers and Six. It's just the Nets are feisty. Mikael Bridges and Dinwiddie are underrated. They got a lot of lymph that will bother the Sixers, and who knows if Tam, Cam Thomas will come off the bench and start cooking. And who knows if Ben Simmons, he probably not going to play. But if he does, that could be a problem. So, you know, they're going to be a tough out, but they're going to be an out. The Cavs and the Knicks, I got the Cavs in six. Too much. Too many weapons. Too many weapons. You got the Twin Towers, uh, Mobley and Allen. You got the the guard duo of Garland and Donovan Mitchell, who can get buckets whenever. Kind of reminds me of John Wall and Bradley Beal, kind of, when they were at the top of their game. Uh, you got underrated pieces like Okoro, And, uh, oh, my God, Uh, my man, Jesus Christ, we got his name, Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, you seen what he could do. You saw him in the bubble. You saw him against the Sixers when he's had, like, 20 points against Sixers. He is a secret weapon. He is going to be tough to stop. I mean, they just got too deep of a team. It it's going to be too much for the for the Knicks. The Garden is going to be crazy. Don't be surprised if the Cavs win the first two and then the Knicks win the next two, but I think the Cavs will win the final two and they will take it. Um so then this is just first round. We'll just stick to the first round. So then for the West, um you got the Nuggets and the – you got the Nuggets and whoever wins between the Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Thunder. I got Nuggets in six regardless. They be choking in the playoffs, so don't be surprised if they go seven with one of these teams. <laughs> because these the teams that are left in the play are very talented. It's a shame that one of them has to miss the playoffs. But it's gonna happen. Um, I well, against the Thunder, nah. I was gonna say against the Thunder, they might beat them in five, but that's probably gonna go six. But no, 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 that that's probably gonna go five. It, it's not the Thunder's time, but the fact that they're in this position now is trouble for the NBA in the future, especially when they get Chet Holmgren back. You just, you just don't, you just don't know, man. Jalen Williams, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy, and then Chet Holmgren coming back? Oh, boy. That's four players you ain't gonna want to deal with. And even their supporting cast, like Isaiah Joe and the other Jalen Williams, those guys, man, they got a nice young core. And Sam Preston did it again. Unbelievable. So... I would love to see them do well in this playoffs, but I don't think it's their time. The Timberwolves or the Pelicans can really push the Nuggets, but I think the Nuggets will be too much. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Lakers, I I got the Grizzlies, man. I want to say in seven because LeBron and AD are just too talented. I'm just going to go ahead and say in Seven. And, you know, the Grizzlies play up or down to their opponents anyway. So that makes sense. This series is going to go the distance. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies at home going to be way, way too much. Let's see. uh, The Kings and the Warriors. I'm going to play it safe here. I can't believe I'm saying this about a six seed, but I got the Warriors in six. Yeah, I got the Warriors in six. The experience, the shooting, their pieces coming back like Andrew Wiggins, uh, the, the emergence of Kevon Looney and DaVinci Like, it's just its going to be too much for the Kings to handle. I love to see how that home crowd plays a factor against one of the worst road teams in the league. But at the end of the day, these guys got the championship pedigree and they're going to be tough to beat. I got the Warriors in six. And then the Suns and the Clippers, I got the Suns in six. I got the Suns in six because too much KD, too much Booker. Like, it's just too much for the Clippers to handle with Paul George probably not playing. That might be the reason this series ends in five. You know what? I'm going with the Suns in five. But we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. But let's let's see what happens. I got Suns and five for now. So it's gonna be a fun playoffs. Maybe I'll give my prediction for the rest of the rounds, or maybe I just go round by round. You know, because I know in my show with Zach, I pretty much said I got Bucks and Nuggets in the finals. No, I got Celtics and Nuggets in the finals. I think I'm going to modify that the Bucs and Nuggets. So I guess me and him got the same thing. So, no. Yeah, let's just stick with that for now. I'm split between the Bucks and the Celtics. I feel like that series can go either way. But, you know, we'll see. The Celtics been pretty much the best team for the whole season. <laughs> so I could just stick with them. I might even make that bet. By the way, I already made the bet for the Nuggets to be the champion. But that that's going to be a tough one. I'm not even sure they're going to get out of the first round. <laughs> anyway. Okay. LSU Angel Reese Part 2. All right. So some things I forgot. Flaw J. Johnson. I really need to listen to some of her music because that's her thing. So I really need to see what she's talking about, if she's good. And hopefully she does get in the studio with Lil Wayne. And from what I heard, from the little bit I heard in the podcast with uh, Pivot, you know, Ryan Clark, Shannon Crowder, I forgot one other person that's on that show, Fred Taylor. Um, From hearing about that, she works hard at being a rapper. Like basketball is in second. And she's really good at basketball. So, Flaw J. Johnson is another one where you can't really say she's a thug or ain't going to be anything because she she got it made. Like her and Angel Reese, these guys are millionaires already. Already. (laughs) Or they're close to being millionaires already, and they're nothing but 18, 19 years old. Angel Reese is 20. Man young black women already succeeding and they're in the sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? Then we could be talking about in the future, them owning stuff like them, you know, owning big businesses and being uh multimillionaires. And, you know, but also they're, they're really self-aware like Angel Reese, Flauja Johnson, very self-aware. Like they know that people are listening to them, and that their voices carry some weight, and that they have the power to change things, and they already have changed things uh what what else did I miss here? Uh yeah, Kim Moki is amazing. She was amazing at Baylor. every time I hear her talk, uh it's like this woman is amazing. I see why the players like her. And I don't even get the the behind-the-scenes stuff of her saying no cap and doing the gritty and all that stuff. I can't even imagine Kim Mulkey being hip like that. But I guess she is. I guess there's more to her than meets the eye uh, outside of uh, politics. Um, They decided the administration, I think this is the administration, because Alexis Morris and Angel Reese were very loud about this. The administration decided they're going to accept the, the invite to the White House. All this talk about them not going and going to the Obamas. The administration got in their ear. I don't even think Kim Mulkey wants to go. Because it's not her side of the politics or whatever. But they all came together and was like, we're going to go. It, it's bigger than what our personal beliefs are. That had to have been what happened. Okay. And it is what it is. You know, it's, it's not about the individuals. The parade. They had a parade, and it's just a bunch of people pulled up in convertibles, and they loaded the players on there, and then they just paraded, I guess, the stadium area of the campus. And I'm like, what in the heck? And then Angel Reese still doing the You Can't See Me. It's become her celebration now. Everyone's doing it on her team. And now she pointing to a ring and doing the You Can't See. She's still doing it. She probably do it every day now. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. And another thing about J Johnson is she did pretty well in the championship too. Like, she stepped up, too. And she's just a freshman. So she's going to have a bigger role next season without Alexis Morris and Ladeja. I think it's Ladeja Williams. But I think number zero, right? Those two are gone. So she's going to have a much bigger role next season. Uh, I said Kateri, number 55. Like, she's going to have a bigger role. Or is she even coming back? I don't know. I got to really look into this team. Like, J is going to have a bigger role on this team, and she's going to be asked to do more. Hopefully this offseason these guys get the work and, you know, don't get too caught up in the success and the hate and just, you know, take it to another level. The GOAT level. (laughs) Ha! I couldn't resist. But seriously, though, I mean, that's what the greats do. They, um... They beat their own records. They strive for greatness. And they try to reach new heights. Because their only competition is themselves. It's a GOAT level principle. So that's what they should do. Try to do something that hasn't been done. Uh, Well, repeating has been done. But that's one thing. You know? There are things they have to improve on. They, They know that. So hopefully... They get to work and improve on that. Alright, now oh my god, so many topics. Uh the masters. So, of course, I got in the habit of betting on the mess masters and doing DraftKings. My DraftKings did okay. I had players miss the cut, but I still won some money. It wasn't much, but I still won some money. I had John Rahm in my lineups. I almost bet on John Rahm. I was going to make a last-minute bet on Thursday at at MGM Grand. I was there. I was at the kiosk, but it was Thursday, and for some reason, they don't let you pick the winner after the game has started. I felt like they could have let us do that. Like, why not, like, wait till, I guess, at least, thursday afternoon before you close the betting on i guess maybe i understand because people withdraw it was a few people who withdrew in the middle of the masters so i I guess i can see why they would close the betting once the masters officially started but man if they had left it open i would have bet on john rom and i would have won because i was like because I was doing my stats research, and he was, along with Scotty Scheffler, the best person to win this Masters. It seemed like one of them was going to win, and it happened to be John Rahm. I should have bet on him from the start. I bet on him and Homa. I bet on Scheffler and Homa, and it was bad. But I had him in my DraftKings lineup, and I won some money. There you go. But for him to come back from down four strokes and to win by four strokes, man, that was crazy. To have all the live golf players that were in the top ten, that made the cut, and all that, like, that was cool. Phil Mickelson being in third, like, I didn't see that coming at all. That, I completely wrote him off. If I I knew he was going to play like that, see, I guess that's why. In these majors, experience experience is key. Experience is key. In current form. I don't know how he was doing on Live Golf Tour. I should have researched that. I didn't. That was a flaw in my research. If I knew how he was doing, maybe I would have picked him. But he always plays well at Augusta. So I should have picked him. Oh, well. It is what it is. It was fun to watch round four. I don't know why I couldn't really stomach the other rounds. But round four, I was I was locked in, and I was late starting my lift session because of that. I couldn't resist. I know it's golf, and not everyone's interested in golf, but, man, I had to. I couldn't resist. Huh. Oh, man. It was fun. That's why I love, you know betting on these majors and doing draft kings for these majors it's too much fun so i got to look at the calendar see when the next one is but yeah just i, I just got to keep it fun don't do too much and get an addiction but it's fun and congrats to John Rom amazing last two rounds he wasn't that far away to begin with so Once he cut the lead to two, I knew he was going to be fine. Okay, the Mystics draft. So the Mystics traded out of the first round again for the second time in, like, the last three years. And the year before and last year, they traded out of the number one pick to pick, um, I keep forgetting her name. (laughs) <laughs> hey yo, I keep forgetting her name, bro. <laughs> oh man, Shakira Austin. To pick Shakira Austin. And when I watched them play, it made sense. She was a better fit for our team. We needed a center. We had just lost. You know, we we had just lost a center in free agency. We just lost a center in free agency, so we needed her. More than Ryan Howard who was the better overall player. So she was she fit our team more in the present times. But having Ryan Howard in the future would have been great especially combining her with whoever we're going to draft And 24 and 25, which looks like it's going to be an amazing class. But we traded out of the first round. I was hoping for a 2024 first round pick, but we end up getting a second round pick. I'm like, if it's not Georgia Amore, I don't want it. (laughs) I want bring my girl to D.C. She's probably going to go in the second round. If she go in the first round, cool. I mean, hopefully we get her. But, yeah, if she go in the second round, we need to get Georgia Amor. She would be perfect off the bench. Or maybe she can possibly succeed Natasha Cloud. Uh, We'll see. The people we did get, we got some girl from South Florida. I mean, I guess I got to look and see what the tape looked like. We got some player from Spain. It's just another one of those players that probably did good in FIBA against the Americans, and they were like, yeah, we got to have her in the WNBA. It's just another one. You look at the stats. It's nothing really stands out. Like, she averaged, like, eight or nine points a game and a few assists. But she probably, just like Stephanie Soares, like, potential is probably off the roof, through the roof. And that's who the Mystics drafted. They drafted Stephanie Soares at first, but they traded her to the wings, who basically rebuilding their whole team, I guess, around Arike Agumboale, who got hurt towards the end of the season and was, wasn't was really a factor. But they had the third pick, the fourth pick, and the fifth pick. I've never seen that before. And they got three more picks after that. And they, they stole – Ashley Jones late in the second round. I'm like, okay, they trying to they trying to build a squad. I don't know why Ashley Jones fell so far. Nobody does. But then again, we're not advanced scouts. From what we've seen as fans, Ashley Jones can do everything on the floor. She's a really good all-around player. And she's, what, the best player in Iowa State history? I mean, I might be wrong. Iowa State fans can correct me on that. But from what I've seen from her, she's really good. She may not be all that athletic and stuff. Maybe that's why she fell so far. But she's really good. And that could be another piece for the Wings that's just going to make them. And they got Maddie Segrist, who... They trying to make her to be the next Don. If she is, oh her and Arike Gumbawale, if they don't trade her, is gonna be unreal. They got Tierra McCowan too, who who put on weight and got a little bit better. I mean it this this it's gonna be they could they have potential, they have potential. They got a lot of young players. (laughs) They try to do, like, the Fever. The Fever and the Wings both just loaded their team with young players. Atlanta, too. I guess that's what you got to do, especially when, you know, teams like the Aces and the Liberty are loading up on veterans, and they're just going to wipe you out for a few years. But then those veterans are going to get old, and then that's when you flip the script. But, you know, we'll see what happens. The Mystics... Listen, they're more towards win now than build for the future. So that's why they had to trade those those picks. And we got a 2025 first round pick, which if the wings bottom out, it can turn into. I I can't believe I'm saying this. It could turn into Angel Reese. It could turn into Paige Beckers. Who knows what that pick can turn into? I'm I'm hoping it's not protected. It doesn't look like it is. So if the wings suck in 2024, in 2025, we might get Paige or Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark or Caitlin Clark. Game over. Game over. You ain't beating us. It is a rap. The possibilities are endless. But I guess the Mystic Draft is has mixed reactions. But from what I saw on Twitter, the fans aren't really happy with it. I guess they're leaning towards that. But we'll just have to see when they get on the court. We have to take advantage of having the score of Natasha Cloud and Della Don and um, Ariel Atkins, we got to take advantage of it because I don't know how long it's going to last. Now, the Nats, real quick, real quick. The Nats are not doing too bad. They're 4-8, and eight, yeah, but for a team that's suspected to be the worst in the league, man, they're not doing too bad. They split with Colorado. And they had a big lead in the third in the last game. I listen. The fan base made fun of the Nats for losing one nothing at Coors Field because apparently that's hitters paradise and it's easy to get hits and home runs at Coors Field. So that is why you not scoring there is embarrassing. But this is supposedly the worst team in the league, so that's why. I'm looking at it, they rebounded from that. Right off the break, three home runs in, like, the first two innings in the second game. Easily won that. Then we won the next game, 7-6. Then we had a big lead in the fourth game, and we just let it slip away because we don't have that great of pitching, so it fell apart. Then we followed that up by beating the Angels – And there was a sequence where they struck out Trout and made Otani ground out with runners on base. I'm like, this team got something here. And we're developing young players in the meantime. Wow. I might be encouraged. But that's bait. That's bait. That's how they get you. They draw you in a little bit. And then once you get invested and think we're going to do something this season, boom, lose a bunch of games and you forget and you remember, not forget, that they are trash and that we are rebuilding. This is exactly what happened last year. They, they, They trying to get me now. Now, I'll be at the game on Saturday and collect this bobblehead and enjoy the game and hopefully we win. But this team, man, they try and do something. They they lost to the Angels 2-0 last night. That's fine. But, you know, this team is fighting. Losing to the Braves and the Rays isn't that big of a deal. The Braves are going to be contending for the National League pennant, like they always do. The Rays are the hottest team in baseball. So there is no shame in losing to these teams. The Rockies and the Angels, they ain't that great. So we've been able to get with them. I mean, I'm excited for the development. I need to post my, it's not about the playoffs, it's about development rant on YouTube. Because <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> I'll get on that. I'll get on I should have been did it. I'll get on it. But the Nats, they're trying to get me, man but I have to I have to really just I really have to have to stay calm and just keep watching the season and see how it goes. I mean, let's let's do it. I think they got a similar record as the Phillies, which is mind-boggling with all the expectations the Phillies got, but then again, they don't have Bryce Harper. So, not not a bad start for was supposed to be the worst team in the league. The D.C. defenders won again. They're 7-1. and one. They beat Seattle. They had a, a good little lead at first, and then they let it slip away, and then they pretty much got into a back-and-forth battle. It was just like the Orlando game, except this time they held on. It was 34-33, but this time they were on the... Winning side of it, they had a big two-point stop. They, This is what I like about this team. The defense might give up a lot of yards, and once again, they did, and they weren't tackling. But when, they, when you got to make a stop, when you got to create a turnover, they going to do it. They going to come through. They going to come through. Sing it now. I can just about always count on this defense when it's crunch time. And that is why I don't have anything to be afraid of. I think we should win the championship. Now, trying to beat St. Louis a third time is going to be tough, but we're the better team. So I I think they're going to pull it off. It's going to be tough. I hope the game is here. And we'll see. But good win for them. Jordan Tamu is just at the top of his game. That's another reason why I'm very confident that they'll win the championship. So it's a shame I can't go to this Arlington game with Bob Stoops coaching. But it is it is what it is. You know, the, the schedule's tough. The schedule's tough, man. Uh, OU Softball only lost one game. They swept Texas. They swept Texas Tech. The only loss they have is Baylor. And we have a chance to avenge that soon. I gotta look at the schedule. But we gotta go to Baylor. That's the only caveat. Um Hope they avenge that because that was a head scratching loss. Lost by one, but yeah. Would love for them to three Pete. I gotta watch more of this team. I haven't been able to sit down and watch them really. But once again, they're up to their usual tricks, and I'm excited. Uh, Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson. They had an argument about something dumb. Like, well, it wasn't dumb. It was about basketball. You know what I'm saying? I guess Kyle Anderson wasn't rebounding and Gobert wasn't blocking shots. it They were going at it. And then it continued in the locker room, and then I guess Gobert took it too far, and they decided to sit him for the Lakers game. And maybe they could have used him down the stretch, and maybe they could have won that game. I don't know. I guess he'll be back with the season on the line against the Pelicans or the Thunder. But it's just... Um, I guess those two, Cal Anderson and Gobert have a history of just you know, getting into it with teammates and not being locker room guys every every now and then. So, you know, their spat isn't surprising and then Draymond Green responding after go bear responded to his incident with Poole was poetic <laughs> it was, i gotta go i gotta go listen to his podcast is one of my favorite podcasts the draymond green show i, I gotta go listen to it because i know he said something crazy about that whole incident it's just ironic it's calm it's karma um draymond green's incident happened before the season or right as the season started, and Go Bears happened at the end. Crazy, the last game of the season. <laughs> That's insane. All right, man. <laughs> Weird incident, but hopefully cooler heads prevail. It looked like the Timberwolves were just fine last night, but maybe down the stretch they could have used Rudy Gobert. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, But not offensively. I don't know about offensively, but maybe defensively. Maybe they make a, a, another stop or two. Maybe they could get away with not scoring a bucket in five, six minutes. Uh, Let's just see how they do against the Pelicans or the Thunder at home. OBJ is not with the Jets. He's with the Ravens for $18 million. Well, I guess 15 with... Three million in incentives, I, I think. For, I think I saw on Twitter that he's only a like a three million dollar cap hit, and he gets a bunch in bonuses and stuff. And it's it, it seems like a lot for OBJ who have two ACL injuries. It seems like a lot, but. Maybe it can get Lamar to come back. I would love to see those two make music and break buried together. I would love it. But it's no promises that Lamar will come back. I hope he does because him and OBJ would be sick. It would be insane. It, it, it just it has to happen. It, it really does. Cliff Kingsbury is with USC after all. They got him. They end up getting him anyway. After he left USC, he's supposed to be their head coach, or he's supposed to be their offensive coordinator before Lincoln Riley. He takes the Arizona Cardinals job. He kind of was up and down there, and then he flamed out. Now he's with USC, but he's not the offensive coordinator. He's a quarterback's coach. Maybe it'll take caleb williams to even greater heights as if he hasn't accomplished enough already i guess it'll take him to the next level maybe and maybe he'll start getting ready for the nfl with uh cliff kingsbury uh yeah like they needed more help on offense the offense is straight it's the defense now they did have some individuals on defense that made some national award lists and that were all Pac-12, but that's just one or two guys. As a whole, they're not that good. And against Utah, they're all Pac-12 players disappeared. Against Tulane, disappeared. So they obviously need work on that side of the ball. I mean, Lincoln Riley, of course, say they working on it. We'll see. We'll just have to see when they get on the field, okay? Because for now... Team trash on that side of the ball. So now it's time for once again the new segment. Uh, college basketball reference players of the episode. College basketball reference players of the episode. Emily Kaiser and Akawazi Yaboa. Okay, Emily Kaiser. She was a super senior, fifth-year senior. She's done now. Just played her last season. She's from Noblesville, Indiana. Just like the last girl I covered, she had a father, a mother, and siblings that all played college sports. Cool. So she became a starter in the last two seasons. She was the third-leading scorer the last two seasons. So she's a key player on this Michigan team. She averaged 15.7 rebounds. She's six three. Uh, she wants to open her own bakery or her own restaurant. That's why she's trying to get her masters in business and in management. Boy, oh boy, I, she's very interesting to me. Cause I, cause I kind of want to go the business entrepreneur route, and she already has a plan. So she definitely is interesting to me. She was first slash second team Big Ten. I guess the coaches had her first team The Meteor had her second. She's like a stress, stretch four. She can shoot. She got post moves. Uh, she can pass a little bit, long arms, can block shots. I can see how she was a key player on this Michigan team. Uh, especially you pair with uh, Nas Hillman last year, I can see why they made it so far. So Emily Kaiser, I don't know what she does from here. I I don't think I heard her name in the WNBA draft. I have to go and look. I definitely didn't see her in the first round, but it seemed like she has a future that's bigger than basketball. And hopefully, if I get my you know what together, I have the money to invest in whatever business. She decides to do, I guess that is probably going to be in the food business. I would love to be involved in that, but I have to have the money and I don't have my ish together. So it's probably not going to happen. She's, it seemed like she's way ahead of, I, it seems like she's ahead of where I am and want to be. But Emily Kaiser, good, great basketball player. Uh, a quasi Yaboa So he played from 2016 to 2020. He didn't use his COVID year. He just went pro. So he was three years at Stony Brook. His last year at Stony Brook, he averaged 16.7 rebounds a game. Uh, His one-year Rutgers, he averaged 9.5 rebounds. He's from the U.K. He moved to the U.K. when he was nine because his mother found a nur- a nursing job in the uk he's originally from ghana so you you know you know the story of uh the mother wanted a better life for a kid so she moved to europe or America and it's just like that so he didn't start playing basketball until he was 13 so that's when he started playing for england i guess he quickly got good at it so next thing you know he's playing for the national team and he was playing pro right before he went to college. But he's a 6'6", 230 guard. Well, he played guard in college. But on this Turkish team that he's on, because he plays pro, it is this Turkish team he's on, he plays forward. He's the power forward. But, yeah, so he can play guard. He can play forward. He posts up smaller defenders. He can shoot he's good at driving to the rim. There's he's very well balanced as a basketball player. Like he can use his size to his advantage when he has to. And he's a good passer. You know what I'm saying? So pretty average athleticism for a basketball player at that level. He's a solid player. You know, he's a solid player, but he he started his professional career playing in France, and now he's in Turkey. And on his Turkish team, Markel Starks, who played for Georgetown, and Matt Mooney, who played for Texas Tech. So those guys are on his team. So he he's a pretty solid starter for that team, and their team is 12-12, and 12, his Turkish team. But a very interesting player. I had several players to choose from, like Dan... Dockage and, or Dickow. Yeah, Dan Dickow and David West. And those players were pretty good when I was in elementary school. Well, when they were in college. But obviously David West, a million awards. A million awards in college. And in the pros, he did very well in the pros. I think he made a few all-star teams. But he was the man in college. I could have covered him too. But that's the college basketball reference. Players of the episode um, or player spotlight, whatever you want to call it. Emily Kaiser and Yaboa, A quasi Yaboa. So, yeah. That's it for this episode. Hey, GoatLevelTeas.com for all things Goat Level. Shout out to Pod Loop. Shout out to Aaron Stoner who helped me with my last episode and making it more clear. And he's gonna help me with this episode. Um, and Pod Loop, I think it's PodLoop.com, or you can search Pod Loop on Google. If you got a podcast and you need help with audio and stuff, you know, hit them up. So. You already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.